What's going on, Warriors, and welcome to episode 40 of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. On today's episode, we dissect the practice of mindfulness and why it's more than just the buzzword you think it is. We talk about what it is, why to do it, and how to make it a habit. So sit back, relax, and discover your warrior within. Hey, Cor. Hey, Connor. So today on The Weekly Warrior, we're going to talk about your Achilles heel. My Achilles heel? Yes, your Achilles heel. So first, I think we need to talk about what is an Achilles heel. Yeah, we should talk about what an Achilles heel is. Yeah, so tell me what that is. Um, So an Achilles heel is something that you might not notice right away, especially when things are going well. Um, but it comes up and it could be something small that really derails your progress or an Achilles, uh, in Achilles story. Yeah. Tell us. (laughs) Tell us the story of Achilles. So Achilles was a demigod in Greek mythology Mm -hmm. and he was like unbeatable in battle. You couldn't, I mean, he beat everybody, but, uh, he was shot through the heel with an arrow and that's what did him in out of everything else. So he survived all these big battles and, you know, fought the best of the best. And he beat everybody, but he got shot through the heel with an arrow. And that's what did him in. So that's why it's called an Achilles heel. Okay, so what's your Achilles heel? Uh, my biggest one is mindfulness. Who? okay. This is a big, this is kind of a buzzword right now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, mindfulness has been a big buzzword for the last couple years, um, especially within like the fitness community. People are talking about mindfulness, how to be more mindful and how to make more mindful choices and whatever. Um, but I think what's missing is what is mindfulness? What actually is it? Um, and how do you do it on a daily basis? Because... Again, we see the big, like, the buzzword style of it. Like, mindfulness is meditating next to a babbling brook in the (laughs) middle of the mountains. But on a daily basis for, like, the weekly warriors, what does mindfulness look like? So Yeah, mindfulness is going on a retreat and becoming a monk. Right. Right? Yeah. (laughs) That's what I picture. Yeah. You pay a lot of money to go on a silent retreat. Right. For a weekend. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm curious, what does mindfulness look like to you in your life? Um, Or how do you practice mindfulness? I think specifically for me, it's really simple. I do a couple different things to just make sure that um, I'm checking in with myself and also staying on track. So the first one is probably reading. Um, So... For me, sitting down with a book and generally I like to have like some music in the background, um, but sitting down with a book and being able to really get invested in it and get involved with it for 20 or 30 minutes, like at minimum, um, is really good for me to help have some aha moments. Um, Another one is just journaling, and this can be either guided journaling or just kind of a brain dump, so like writing whatever's whatever's on my mind 
Um, this can be effective at times, but I find that for me personally, it's not as effective as other forms of mindfulness um, because it requires more, uh, a little bit more effort and less spontaneous, um, kind of spontaneous thoughts just popping up. So journaling is great because it allows me to get stuff out and not focus on it anymore, but it also doesn't aid in my creative process as much. So um, the, th uh, the third really big one, and the sad thing is, is this one's only available in certain months of the year, is um, like time spent on a motorcycle. So I've talked about this previously in another one of our episodes about the epiphanies that I've had on you know, on the back of a motorcycle, it's because the only thing that I don't listen to music, I don't do anything on a motorcycle except ride. And typically the only other thing you have to do is think. Um, so that's a time for me to really like file stuff away. And um, I've made some big life decisions on motorcycle trips because you have time to do it. You have time to think, you have time to kind of sort things out um, without a bunch of distractions and, and whatever. So they say mo being on the back of a motorcycle is the best therapist that you can buy. So, um, those are three big ones for me, but everyone's a little different with, you know, what they choose to do. So you practice mindfulness by reading, journaling, and riding your motorcycle. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Um, I'm actually reading a book called The Operator. It's about the guy who killed Osama bin Laden. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for a while, I mean, it fluctuates. Like sometimes, for me, I have to have some variation. So sometimes it's like a self-help book. So like early last year, it was a lot of like uh, Becoming a Modern Viking and Chasing Excellence by Ben Bergeron and whatever. Supreme Leader. Yeah, Sup Supreme Leader Ben. Right now it's more... Um, like, this is all about the Navy SEALs and the trials and tribulations that this guy has gone through to become a Navy SEAL and then also the, like, missions that he was on as a SEAL. And allegedly, I mean, no one can prove this for sure, but allegedly he was the guy that, you know, shot Osama bin Laden. So um, it's a cool, it's, it's cool to see those different, you know, what they endure and what your body is able to go through and what your mind is able to go through and still be, you know, the best of the best. So it's, um, I'm enjoying that right now. When it comes to reading, we differ on how we like to read. Yes, we do. So I, one of my goals is to read a page a day. Which sound, I realize this sounds really, really silly, but the idea behind it is to get into a daily habit of reading by committing to a minimum of one page. Because I know on my very worst day when I feel brain dead, I can pick up my smallest book and read a page of it. But I very often will read more than a page. I'll read a chapter or more. Because once you read a page, you want to read more. Yes, you just, yeah. yeah. So it's just for me, it's getting in the daily practice of it. But how do you like to read? So for me, reading is something that 
Um, it's not so much... I can't read one page, because if I read one page, it goes in one ear and out the other type thing. So I need to really be able to sit down um, and connect with it. So that's when I have kind of a special chair that I read in. <laughs> I don't really sit in that chair for much more than when I read. Um, you need to pour yourself a glass of whiskey <laughs> to enjoy. Ideally, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a so, whole setup and process to I it. Need, it. It's a very... I can't have too many distractions. Um, and it becomes more of a full body experience where I can really invest and connect to the material that I'm reading um, rather than just kind of flipping through a page and <laughs> hoping I... Hoping I get something from just it. Just lightly reading a page yeah. every day. That was the toilet reading doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, you have to immerse yourself mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah. So, because I have the pleasure of living with you, <laughs> I have a good idea of how, what your journaling practice looks like, but can you <laughs> tell our listeners more about what that is? Uh, the journaling, the journaling practice is generally for me, it's like, I probably don't do it enough. And then I will have a really like bad day at work or be overwhelmed on a Sunday going into the week, like going into the work week, the Sunday scaries, the, the Sunday scaries. <laughs> and so that's when I'll like journal and instead of like on a daily basis or even a couple days a week, taking the journal out and just doing some form of journaling exercise, which I know helps me more, but it's easy to get caught up in distractions and not necessarily forget about the mindfulness practices that work well for you. Um, but it's easy for me to get lost in a video game or Netflix or whatever, especially after like a draining day at work. So... I think we both agree that journaling is something we want to do more of, but we tend to wait until something triggers us. So the last time I wrote in my journal was when I was having trouble sleeping and I walked downstairs and did a brain dump in my journal. Mm -hmm. So I think we both want to journal more, but that's been harder to establish maybe a weekly practice with it. I think that setting up some sort of like structure or guidelines to your mindfulness exercise, whatever it is, like it can be, you know, tactical breathing or reading or writing. I mean, whatever you decide that works best for you, setting up some sort of goal around it. So like for me, it's um, like three to five times a week, journaling, reading, whatever, um, that means that there are days where I can just completely distract myself and really get lost in, you know, playing whatever video game is on tap that day. But I also know at the end of the at the end of the week I have to do a certain amount um, or more to you know meet my goal. So it's more it's for me it's like staying on track with a goal while also reminding myself that this stuff is necessary for me to make progress and whatever the goal might be so one thing I've noticed is you feel it there are days when you'll start to feel 
if you haven't devoted time to mindfulness. Oh yeah. Definitely. It just it's kind of starts to compound. Yep. If you haven't done it in a while and you'll almost start to crave it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I really need a journal. Yeah. So you start to notice it when yep. you're not doing it. I think journaling is appealing. I do really well with prompts. And we have we have a relationship journal. <laughs> that we do that has daily prompts. So that's nice. Sometimes if you have trouble getting into the habit of journaling, buy a journal that provides prompts for you. I just a lot of times will Google like yeah. journal prompts. Oh, yes. So another one, like I, the Art of Manliness website has like a hundred or some journal prompts that you can go through and do. And for a while I was going through those and doing, you know, whatever was... I would just pick a random one and do it. So the guided journal prompts are great. I probably don't do enough of those either, but that's a soup that's a really good strategy to to have something to write about besides just a brain dump. Yeah. And then the last thing you mentioned was riding your motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that was it removes distractions and yeah. it allows you to take time to f- kind of file your thoughts. Mhm. And just think and reflect. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's ever ridden a motorcycle understands this, especially when you're on long rides. Um, there's not a lot going on besides paying attention to the road. And otherwise, you have time to think. And that's what, I mean, You the, the only stimulus that you really have is the wind blowing against hopefully you're wearing a helmet the wind blowing (laughs) against your helmet and you know paying attention to what's on the road but otherwise it's you and your thoughts and there's not enough of that in our society there's always distraction there's always social media there's always video games there's always netflix um or whatever so for me that's the the closest that i've come to a meditative state is on my motorcycle um, because there is no other distraction at that point unless you're paying attention to the road. So <laughs> Yeah, you've always told me that you've made some big life decisions on your motorcycle. I really have, yeah. There, It's so funny. There's a book and a podcast called Bored and Brilliant, and one of the episodes talks about how you get your best ideas when you're in the shower Mm -hmm. or you're driving your car. And it's actually pretty interesting how stillness helps you find clarity. Well, yeah, because, I mean, people aren't generally still in – they don't – boredom isn't as much of a thing anymore. I remember even when I was a kid – and for anyone listening, like, I'm 28, so when I was a kid, it was in the 90s, I would tell my mom that I was bored. We didn't have we didn't have smartphones when I was young, and so she would always tell me, it's good to be bored. And I never really understood that until, you know, over the last year or so. It is good to be bored because that allows for your creative thought, your critical thinking skills to flourish rather than just, like, getting stuck in the scroll on Facebook or Instagram and then two hours later you realize that you've spent two hours on Facebook you know looking at marketplace at you know 
antiques or whatever whatever like it's such a rabbit hole you don't even know yeah you can end up literally anywhere it's so crazy and like removing that and becoming allowing yourself to be bored is important because you do have you get to really be present with your thoughts and some people don't like that um but most of the people i would gather that are listening probably engage in mindfulness activities and it's important to sit and be bored for a little bit to just check in and see what comes across and you never know what brilliant idea you're going to have i in the last couple weeks i've had some shower epiphanies and i don't see the payoff to those just yet but i know that they're working in the right direction so you know you got to listen and you got to follow the omens and work towards it because the universe will provide yeah you have to be still and you have to be listen mm-hmm. i we practice mindfulness in similar ways but it doesn't necessarily have to be a concrete practice like it doesn't have to be a devotion to journaling or reading i think i like walking walking is a really good way for me to be still, focus mm-hmm. on breathing, enjoy being outside. Well, that's the cool clear thing about my thoughts. The cool thing about mindfulness is everybody has their way. So bones. This is the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is the way. Bones is mindfulness is more like Hiking. he gets it out on a hike. Yeah. Some people can do some tactical breathing for thirty seconds. And that's their form of mindfulness. Some people find it on, you know, road trips. Some people find it on walks. It does. I mean, it doesn't really matter. That's the that's the best part about mindfulness overall is everybody has their own way to do it, and there's no right way or the wrong way. It's just whatever works for you, and that's why mindfulness is a big buzzword. But it really breaks off into these. Whatever makes you more aware of yourself and more aware of mm. your, you know, your choices is really what's important because as long as you can be more aware, you're going to move forward with more focus and that's going to lead to better results in whatever you're going for. So, Yeah, I like that. I think more recently, the ways I like to practice mindfulness are pretty simple, but really easy things like we ate dinner at the table mm-hmm. tonight, which doesn't usually happen. It's usually mm-hmm. in front of the TV, if we're honest. Yeah. So that was a really nice way to connect and be mindful of what we're eating, what we're talking about. I. It allows for a lot more connection. Yes. Yeah. I try really hard to be singular focused on things that I'm doing. So if I'm working, I'm working. If I take a break, it's very intentional. If I'm using my phone, that's intentional. If you know this, if I'm working on my computer and it's in the morning and you're making breakfast and you start talking to me, it's really hard, but I try to push my computer off to the side and close it Mm -hmm. and turn and face you. Yep. Because I want to give my full attention to whatever's in front of me. Yeah. And this sound, this is going to sound so silly because you don't know this one. I, we, uh, Corey has a dog named Annie. And if 
Annie walks into the room and comes up to me, I want to honor that. <laughs> I really do. I want to turn and Who face. Who doesn't? I really, I want to face her. Because it would be so easy if I'm busy and trying to be on my phone and be on my computer and take some notes and do whatever to ignore her and just be like, Annie, go away. Yeah. But I really try to pause and honor that she came to see me. Yeah. yeah. She wants a little bit of attention. Yeah. So yeah. I like to do that too. Yeah. So I think I'm trying to cultivate mindfulness more with being singular focused. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about what mindfulness looks like in your life, in my life. And we've mentioned the opposite of that, which is the state of distraction. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like again for you? Uh, distraction is like, for me, the biggest thing that I use to distract myself is video games. Um, and it's really easy to come from home from work and have had a tough day, things maybe, I mean, whatever the circumstance is, um, it's really easy for me to sit down uh, and get lost in a video game and then all of a sudden it's time to go to bed. Um, and distractions at times are fine. So like there's a significant balance. Like there are times where you need to distract yourself and us as humans, we look for that. We wanna find ways to entertain ourselves and distract ourselves. And so it's not that it's a bad thing, but finding balance between distraction and taking some time and, you know, spending some time being mindful is important. So when I say mindful, like connecting to yourself, being aware and kind of just checking in and seeing how, like, you know, where things are at um, is really important. I think the line is using those distractions as entertainment, right? So like mm -hmm. video games, watching TV, listening to music, those things are entertainment, but then there's a fine line where you're using those things to escape, right? You're mm -hmm. escaping, you're using them to numb feelings or suppress feelings that you're not dealing with. Yeah. I think that's the line. When it's like, oh, we're gonna, purposefully sit down and watch a movie mm -hmm. and enjoy that for entertainment versus I need to I need to play a video game to escape from my life right now. Yeah. If you have to escape from it, there's probably some other questions that you should ask yourself um, about like we all have choices to make and if you have to come home and choose to disconnect from your significant other from your kids from whatever because you just your like daily your your job or whatever is draw like pull, pushing you to that then it's time to make some some different choices um that's a whole different <laughs> that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we could go down but um escapism distraction are two i think they're two different things but i think distraction is necessary to a point but at this, like it's it's finding, like I said, it's finding the balance. So for me, um, the balance is I'm gonna be the type of person that does some sort of mindfulness activity three to five times a week. So that allows me a couple days to just sit and veg and play video games or watch Netflix or whatever. 
but then it also keeps me in line with the things that I know help keep me focused, which is reading and journaling, especially right now in the middle of winter when I can't ride my motorcycle. Um, so having that balance is important and understanding what your balance is and making a habit out of it is what's going to make it consistent and have the longevity that you need. This is for sure where we differ Mm-hmm. a little bit which is okay it's yeah it works for you yeah you have to find what you have to experiment and figure out what works for you so you like to do a few times a week and that feels really balanced for me i like the daily practice so i like the daily walk first thing in the morning i do i make coffee that's an that's a practice of mindfulness for me mm-hmm because it gives me the opportunity to really slow down and contemplate what I want my day to look like. And I try to find mindful moments with eating at the table, paying attention to people and animals. Mm -hmm. So I think I look for daily opportunities to practice mindfulness. Yeah, and like that's the beautiful part. Of, like I said, mindfulness is whatever works for you. Yeah. So for me, that maybe wouldn't work. Granted, I could probably do that, and it would be good, but it doesn't seem like that's the most effective thing. But for you, it is. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about it is, you know, some people, everyone can do what works for them. Yeah. As long as it's effective and it's helping you work towards whatever your goals are. So we recently talked about the phone. The phone is a big form of distraction for a lot of people. Yeah. Myself included. For most people in 2020. Yes. The phone is a distraction. You get caught up in the scroll. Yep. And we... It's really easy to do that. Yes. The phone is can be triggering for me because it feels like a barrier and it feels like I'm like there's a disconnect between us so like if I'm on the phone or he's on the phone it's almost like it's a distraction to the point where the other person just feels like they're existing in the background and you're not actually making a meaningful connection so that was we had this conversation a few days ago on how to manage that because it's not that it's bad I mean you can gain a lot of inspiration from Instagram and it's a great tool for keeping in touch but how do you find the balance there Mm -hmm. and what did you start doing um so my thing that and this was like today I had a chat with my buddy Jared Hamilton which we've had a couple episodes with him as a guest um, he's a great dude and um, he gave me a really great suggestion he said to view it like food so when I look at food I think that exclusion is probably not the best thing for me so if I want to cut out chocolate I'm probably going to just crave more chocolate um, so my thing with social media has been just get out of it be done, like complete you know, isolation from social media. Delete everything. Delete, Delete everything. your apps. But that only lasts for so long because there are parts of social media that are nice, 
Um, so he asked me what my weekly average was. And like right now my weekly average is about four hours a day. Um, so he's like, okay, so what we're going to do is cut that down by an hour. So I went in and made my settings for screen time for all social media sites. So like Facebook and Instagram are my two things that I use. Um, the limiter on that is now two hours a day. And so the rest falls on me, though, is being disciplined and sticking to that. It's um, so easy just to ignore the limit. But now that it's just set for Facebook and Instagram, I'll be like, okay, I've spent two hours on Facebook or Instagram today. That's two hours of my day. Which is so easy. To that do. I'll never get back. Yeah. And now I can rationalize that and be like, okay, maybe it's time. I, I think I've had my fill for, for the day. Um and so that's going to be my strategy moving forward is like, okay, once two hours is over, then I, I need to not necessarily be off my phone because I think that it's okay to use your phone to be texting or to be FaceTiming or to be calling if you're making a genuine connection with someone. Yeah. But to just spend like 10 hours a day on social media, which I know some people do, is probably not the best thing. It's definitely not for me. Um, so that's that's what I'm doing moving forward is limiting myself to two hours a day of social media usage. We so we did a whole episode or the the weekly warrior. We d we all did an experiment where we deleted social media completely. Completely. Yeah. So we went cold turkey with it, and now it's about finding the middle ground. Right. Because cold turkey felt good for a month, but I knew at the end of the month that I was going to be back and it was like, okay, like I can do this for a month. Yeah. Um, so the month felt good. And some of the things I was on social media, like I was on Snapchat and whatever that didn't come back. So like Instagram, Facebook came back, but Snapchat didn't in my life. Snapchat did not make the cut. It didn't make the cut to come back. So, um, it's like, it's just with everything else, finding the balance and, you know, making it fit in your life. So like right now, it fits for me to limit myself to a couple hours a day. So, but everyone's different, which is the beautiful part about it. So we basically through this conversation, we have three actionable steps that someone else could take, which is decide what mindfulness looks like for you, right? Mm -hmm. Figure out what mindfulness looks like to you. And if you don't know what that looks like, I think it's important to know that you should experiment. Yes. So if you've wanted to journal in the past, not sure how to get started, just start experimenting with it. Maybe start with every day, maybe start with once a week, once a month, whatever works for you, you get to experiment and figure that out. Mm -hmm. And then the second actionable steps would be to reduce distractions that aren't promoting mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So if you're finding yourself stuck in the scroll or watching binge watching TV shows too much, maybe decide what a better balance would be. Mm -hmm. So don't cut it out. We don't believe in cold turkey, but work to maybe reduce that a little bit. So the social media example was maybe start with an hour. Yeah. Cut back on an hour is a good place to start. And then three, the last step would be just to cultivate the habit. Yep. So integrate it into your life. 
make a point to do it every day or every week. Yep. Whatever it is, make it consistent. Make if, it consistent. If you're yeah. going to do it once a week, make it consistent. If you're going to do it every day, make it consistent. Yeah. Do you have anything else? No, I feel good. I feel good about that. This is mindfulness is no longer going to be your Achilles heel. It can't be. It can't be. You yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> we just slayed it. Yeah. It's been slayed. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're going to talk. We're going to do two more episodes. On the Achilles heel. On the Achilles heel. And Bones is going to disclose what his Achilles heel is, which I don't know what it is. And you're going to disclose what your Achilles heel is. Yeah. And then yeah. we'll do one on mine. Yep. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. So thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. We sincerely appreciate you being here with us. And if you would consider sharing the Weekly Warrior with a friend or family member, that'd be pretty great too. If you haven't already done so, leave us a rating and a short review. Also, check out our Instagram page at Weekly Warrior Podcast for more warrior content. Thanks again for being here with us, and we hope you'll join us next week when we discover the warrior within. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.